Now, as I look around this congregation, my observation is this is a fine-looking group, you know? Yes. I mean, for the most part, you behave in church. You do what you're told. You do what you're supposed to. You don't get too out of hand for the most part. But I bet almost to a person, all of us know that feeling of being reminded of what our full name is on our birth certificate. You know what I'm talking about. Who gives you your full name when you need it, don't you? Mom gives you that name and you don't know what you've done, but all you've known is you have done it. Right? Some of you think, well, I only have a middle name, so I don't got it. Well, yeah, well, you get a middle name when you've done it. You get a few extra names sometimes if you're that bad, right? But we all know that feeling of, uh uh-oh, you've done it now. Maybe it's kind of the same as we're thinking about uh, God calling out the people. This passage that we read from Micah. And as you listen to that passage, hopefully you got a sort of sense of some of the, like a legal language. It's almost like a courtroom, right? God has a case against the people. And the people are called out by name so you know who's done it. Now, you don't know what they've done, but you know who's done it. And Mama used to say things like, well, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Right? Or maybe sometimes Mama, you know, she'd do the pity thing, right? But don't you know how many hours I labored to have you? Ever had that put on you? In the same way, kind of, God sort of brings in, this is something only God can do. Mama could never do this. God brings in the foundations of the earth and the mountains around into this argument against the people. Only God can do that. And as you're reading this, you don't know what they've done, but you know they've done something. You know, with me? So as we keep reading, though, we want to kind of know, well, what have they done? What is so bad that God has called them now? Now, maybe we can make some guesses. Maybe if, and if you know the history of the Israelite people, maybe you can say things like this or that, and they got a hold of, or they did this. And you might be right. But I'm going to suggest that at the very least, you probably sum all that up together. If you're going to answer what the people did that has gotten God so upset, we could say that the people have forgotten. They have forgotten. If you have your Bible there, you can look at Micah. Let me show you what I mean. God says, oh, my people, what have I done to you and what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Oh, my people, remember now. The people had forgotten what God had done for them. The people had forgotten what it meant to be God's people. They had forgotten what God had done. Now, think of it this way. If you forget a spouse's birthday or if you forget your anniversary, two things which I really implore you don't ever do. No. 
Now, maybe I've gotten some really horrible gifts along the way, but I've never forgotten. I love my life. I meant wife. I love my wife. But if you think about that, if, if, if you've forgotten an anniversary, or you've forgotten a birthday, how does your spouse or significant other know that you've forgotten? Besides that look on your face when you first figured out, uh-oh, how do they know you've forgotten? Hadn't done it. Hadn't said it, or you hadn't done something. Something's missing. Maybe it's the, hey, baby, happy anniversary. Or maybe it's the gift that you usually bring. The point is, they know you forgot because something was missing. Now with me? Now, again, the people, what did they forget or, or how had they done these things? We're not quite sure, but what we can do is we can look at God's argument against them. And you can ask, well, was God right? Well, I mean, the people don't say that they hadn't forgotten. God makes this argument and it sounds right because the first thing the people do is, say, okay, well, how can I make it better? In other words, you got me. What can I do now to make it better? Can I bring in some rams? Can I bring in about 1,000 of them, 10,000? Can I bring in my only child? What do I got to do to make this right, God? And, of course, God says, I don't want your silly offerings. Keep it. I'll tell you what I want. But it's hard to tell before we get there what exactly the people how did they forget? What was missing? But we can look at what God told them, I think, and sort of get an idea. God says, this is what I require. require you to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. So if those are the things that they were supposed to do that they hadn't done, we could say, God says, well, I want you to do Justice. So maybe we could say what was missing was them doing justice, right? That makes sense? Maybe they were doing injustice, or maybe they were letting injustice slide. Oh, that's just the way of the world. What am I going to do about it? Little old me. And they just let it go. And in doing so, what they did was forget how God brought them out of slavery, how God did justice by them. God says love kindness, and that kindness, that's a relational word. How we are with each other and how we are with other God's people. And so if God is saying, I want you to love kindness, you might be able to say that what was missing from the people was indeed kindness. Maybe they didn't treat each other with kindness. Maybe they only had hurtful words. Maybe they didn't have words at all. Maybe they just had dirty looks. Maybe they only had time for themselves. Maybe there were just too many other things to do than to give you kindness. But in so doing, we realize that they forgot how God looked upon them with love. The third thing God requires is for them to walk humbly. Well, if God says, I want you to walk humbly, we kind of get the assumption that maybe that means they weren't quite walking humbly. And maybe their walk was more about them. Yeah, I, I know God's real, but, man, God didn't work 60 hours this week for me to get that promotion. I did. Or maybe their humility was more in what they've been able to do or maybe what they've been able to accomplish. And in so doing, we can assume that they forgot that God provided them 
everything they needed. The people, friends, had forgotten. You might say, and we'll say for today for our purposes, that they forgot they were blessed. They forgot how God filled their lives. Now, that's a funny word, that word blessed. It's funny because it gets thrown around quite a bit, and you hear it all the time in different ways from different people. So we need to ask ourselves, you know, what does it mean to be blessed? And unfortunately for many, many people today, being blessed means having more or having better or having things go my way. Now, I'm not going to tell you that that isn't a part of being blessed. Maybe those things can be good. But if that is the only way that we have narrowed that down, that word blessed, if that is the only way that we can sense being blessed by God, we too have forgotten something. Y'all with me? So what does it mean to be blessed by God? Doesn't mean being happy. Doesn't mean having things, having stuff. Part of being blessed is being satisfied with God The state of being marked by the fullness of God. Knowing that you live into the fullness of God. That, friends, is being blessed. And all God does, all God requires of us, if we feel that blessing, if we want to live into that blessing, is to do three things. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. But you live in this world just like I do, and you know the reality is sometimes we forget, don't we? I do. We know injustice is bad, but man, they make some pretty good clothes over there that I like to wear. I know injustice is bad, but do I really got to watch this Egypt stuff again on TV? We know injustice is bad, but maybe they were just getting what they deserved. Hmm? We know kindness is good, but man, they just get on my nerves sometimes. We know kindness is good, but I've got other things going in my life right now. Are y'all with me? I know we need to walk humble with God, but man, it's hard to be humble when you're good in every way. Amen? Sometimes we forget. And we know we forget. And so sometimes also we get into this idea, oh, I forget. What do I got to do to make it better? Okay, I'll start going to church. Here I am. Or maybe I'll write the check. Maybe it'll just be a little bit bigger check. Will that do it, God? If we are here because we're trying to make it right with God, If we're writing that check because we're trying to buy God off, then we're missing something, and we're forgetting something. Brothers and sisters, we are blessed. That is why we're here. That is why we do God's work. That is why we commit ourselves, our resources, our time, our prayers, our energy. That is why we do those things, because we are blessed. 
because God has done so much for us already. Amen. Now, I want you to remember that, that we are blessed. Remember that as you think about Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus talked about being blessed. Talked about blessing. And there's a couple of things you need to realize about that. There's some uncertainty. If you, if you heard it when, when it first started, it opens up that chapter. Jesus goes up to the mountain. The crowds had been following him. And as he went up the mountain, the disciples followed him. And Matthew tells us that he sat down and began to teach them. So our question is, is he teaching the crowds or is he teaching the disciples? It's hard to tell. But for the most part, we go with he was teaching his disciples. Maybe they finally got a chance to get away from everybody else. Jesus has just called everyone and they participated in ministry. They've done some healings and some other things. And now I'm going to teach you what I want you to know about me. But certainly those words could be for everyone about blessings and everything, but we realize, though, don't you find it odd that it's very interesting, the first thing that Jesus talks about when he is talking then to his disciples about being in the kingdom of God, about being a disciple of mine, is about being blessed. Not about being holy, not about being happy, but about being blessed. Now, no matter what, we realize God is always doing the blessing for us. God blesses God's people. And sometimes there are things that only God can do to bless us. We, me, I know for sure, I can't reward you in heaven for anything. I'm very sorry. I could try my best, but that's just sort of out of my hands. Only God can do that kind of blessing. And there are other things that only God can do to bless God's people. But we realize many times the way God blesses us is through us. The way God blesses the poor and the meek and the mournful and so on is through us. We are used to bless someone else. And you know about that. Think about a time when someone blessed you with an encouraging word. Think about when somebody blessed you and they picked up the phone to call you to ask how you were doing. When someone went over to visit you when you were ill, when someone didn't forget about you, that's a blessing. And it was given through somebody else. Does that make sense? Now, you might be listening and thinking, wait a minute, I thought we're supposed to be talking about loving God. And I want you to realize we are talking about loving God. But realize this. The way we love others is a very good indication of the way we love God. The way we love others is a very good indication of the way we love God. You see, this world is full of people who need to be blessed, who need to be reminded that they can be blessed, and they are blessed, that God is there, that God provides fullness, that God gives to the broken heart, peace, that God gives us encouragement and joy and hope and all of these things that God gives. People all over the world need to be reminded of that. But who's going to remind them? Someone once said that a Christian is not someone who has 
a personal experience with grace and redemption. That what makes a Christian is not their experience with grace and redemption, but what makes someone a Christian is their ministry. How they walk with God. Who will bless those who need to be blessed? Well, God blesses, obviously, but God uses those people also that do justice, that love kindness, and those that walk humbly with their God. Those, friends, who remember what God has done for them. And may you and I remember.